Kala. It means holy worship. Join me, your host, Robert Randall, as we delve into biblical instrumentation and music history to discover the sounds behind the words of our Savior, Yeshua Messiah. Good afternoon, family in Jesus Christ. It is I, your host, Robert Randall, coming to you once again from the beautiful Colorado Rocky Mountains in Colorado Springs. I'd like to welcome you to Kadoshika, Holy Worship, Understand the Music of the Bible, the sounds behind the words of our Master, Yeshua, the Messiah. Today, we continue our journey examining the Hebraic Israelite music in culture and context. This is part two of our season three study into this delving into music, specifically cantering. Now, cantering is the the word, I should say, cantor, means to sing in Latin. And essentially, cantering is the vocal proclamation of what is Jewish worship in the synagogue. It is the main form of chanting the Torah portion. You'll typically see this um, most likely in a bat mitzvah or a bar mitzvah when a son or a daughter is dedicated to Adonai. Now, we're going to be listening to the three main versions of worship that the Virtual Jewish Library provided to us, that being Ashkenazi, Sephardic, and Mitzrahi. The Ashkenazi is the only one that I could not find in terms of worship. So I did find a Hasidic sect, which I think was about the closest that I could find in terms of worship. The first example that we're going to listen to is a cantor, a tenor, singing with a full backup congregation, uh, uh, the chorus, I would imagine, and a, an accompanying piano doing a celebratory kiddush. Let's take a listen to this now. My apologies. I didn't give any detailed information as to who was singing and where this was taking place. This is a, this is a Kaddish that took place at Park Avenue Synagogue in 2014. And this is Cantor Ozzy Schwartz. Enjoy. Shabbat <laughs> shalom. 
It's not every day that you get to hear someone with pipes like that. Um, <laughs> Roland, if you're listening to this, wow, that's a guy that you should get a hold of and uh, bring him on the show to do some cantering on the Hebrew Nation Morning Show. Um, beautiful pipes, <laughs> beautiful Hebrew cantering. Uh, that was very moving. I enjoyed that a lot. And, it, you know, for something that, that is um, not, not necessarily foreign to us in the Messianic movement, we, in Messianic Jewish circles, we do a lot of this. Um, I know that the olive, uh, the olive tree, or the olive branch, I forget which congregation it is, um, with that Mike Schoening used to be a host on Hebrew Nation Radio, um, I know that his congregation does a lot of the formal cantering. A lot of it is call and response um, kind of, of, of cantering with the traditional Jewish prayers, um, the, the Amidah, the standing prayer, as well as the various chants for the parading of the Torah around the synagogue. And while that is not my cup of tea in worship, I, I respect it for what it is. It's a veneration of the word of God, um, from a very traditional viewpoint. Now we're going to listen to a traditional Shabbat prayer sung by two cantors. Um, actually, I only record one cantor in this particular case. But this was done at a Sephardic synagogue on, let's see, the year 2012. And this is Rabbi, Rabbi Yosei Duvek and Moshe Eliyahu. They're both singing a traditional Shabbat prayer that has been sung for centuries by Sephardic Jews. Now, what's striking to me is the length of the vowel cantillation. The vowels that are used and inflected and inferred um, in between the constant pronunciation of Elohim, that kind of thing, is very elongated in Sephardic. Uh, vocals from what I've listened to versus the um, the Ashkenazi, which we'll listen to next. Ashkenazi um, definitely has the trills, but the davening or, or the the um, the davening and the call and response is more evident as far as I could tell within the Ashkenazi 
um, as well as the Hasidic recordings that I was able to get. So let's take a listen to this traditional uh, Sephardic uh, Shabbat chant now. Sincerest apologies. I meant to say Misrahi cantering in comparison to that of Sephardic. I did not mean to say Ashkenazi. Um, so what you will notice the difference here, uh, the Sephardic was the rabbi and the other young gentleman were cantering alone um, on stage reading the Torah. Whereas the Mizrahi cantering is a call and response. There is the cantor, and then there is the congregation. And again, in most Messianic Jewish circles, if you've been to a Messianic Jewish service, you're used to this. If you are someone who has been from a Catholic background, you're used to this, this call and response of a mass, for example. We don't generally do this in evangelical Messianic congregations, or evangelical churches, unless if it's like the Lord's Prayer in a congregation, um, or some sort of apostolic confession of some sort, or a creed of a certain denomination. 
That's, that's about as far as it gets there. But this particular Misraki uh, cantering was filmed in 2018. And what is very interesting is that they say on this particular channel, they say here, um, Mizrahi Jewish cantor descended from descended from from the exiles in Babylon, uh, essentially Iraq, leads a synagogue in the Shema and in the prayer for the Lord is King, which is Adonai Melech. All right, let's take a listen to this. <laughs>
So again, that was Misrahi cantering. And again, not only is it the difference in which the congregation participates, and again, that, that depends on, on the, the synagogue and the denominational uh, orthodoxy that's being practiced. It could differ in different synagogues in different parts of the world. Um, the worship styles. Some could be call and response, whereas some it's just the cantors themselves alone chanting the Torah portion or the Shabbat prayers. So just bear that in mind. This is not strict orthodoxy that we're speaking of in terms of, of the way in which the cantering is done. But what is unique to notice, um, especially that I've found, is not just the elongation of the trills within the midst of the vowels that are being sung, I think what's also unique to hear is the difference of pronunciation of certain words. Now, you may hear Shema being sung, but what I think is important to distinguish is the phonetic means by which it is pronounced. Because a an Ashkenazic, a Hasidic, and a Sephardic Jew will read the Torah in different pronunciations because of that cultural background. And again, that is why Israel is the light to the nations. And, and that is why God did what he did from Moshe in Deuteronomy with the establishment of the covenant saying that Israel would sin and be dispersed among the nations because the Messiah had to go out to the nations. It was the only way for it to happen. All right. Now, as you've been listening to this, you're probably thinking, this is wonderful, Robert. I'm getting well-educated in... Jewish Orthodox understanding of, of music and various cultures, but these are all men. Where are the women? Well, I'm glad that you asked because I happen to have a recording of the first woman cantor who was ordained in 1972, who has a book and an interview that is very interesting and really kind of shed some light on the struggles that women have had in uh, getting to where they are today within Reformed Judaism uh, specifically. I know that they've recently graduated uh, the first women in Talmudic studies, and to know that uh, women went far back in getting cantering uh, degrees as far back as the 70s is very interesting. Let's take a listen now to the following interview. This is on the YouTube channel, Spiritually Speaking, entitled, Changing the Sound of, of an Ancient Profession, Cantor Barbara Osfield, First Female Cantor. Let's take a listen. What was it like for the first generation of women who entered the clergy? The Jewish Reform Movement believed in the full equality of women and our rights to be leaders in all aspects of our faith. But when women began to enter the profession in the 1970s, we were faced with a whole host of challenges which hampered our ability to fully live out our calling. How did it feel to break that stained glass ceiling? Today I will interview Barbara Ostfeld, the first ever ordained female cantor. She will talk about her unique journey and what inspired her to pursue this path. She will talk about her book, Catbird, The Ballad of Barbie Prim in which she details her personal struggles and the numerous unique experiences she had as she forged a new path over the course of her career. Welcome to Spiritually Speaking. 
Barbara, it is a joy and a pleasure to have you here today, and I'm so thrilled that you came all this way to, to be interviewed for our program. So I wanted to start off by asking a question which a lot of people, I'm sure, would like to know the answer to. What does a cantor do? The vehicle through which the cantor expresses herself is music, and so there's a lot of singing involved, a lot of teaching involved, a lot of um, talking and hand-holding involved, and um, if if you have a passion for Judaism and you like to sing, it's for you. So you uh, would lead the musical portions of a, of a worship service, for example, on, on all the holy days and on Shabbat and, and also teach kids music. Is that true? During worship, uh, the prayers that are there in Hebrew and in English, the cantor would sing those and, and um, enable the congregation to sing along. It's not just the cantor singing, but that it's everyone singing, praying, communicating at the same time. And sure, there's a lot of work with young people, teaching them um, Jewish music and preparing them to become bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, which means teaching them to chant passages from the Bible in Hebrew and according to the very fancy little signs that, um, that indicate melody, which are sort of a precursor of notes as we know them. So it's like a special code that cantors know and that they teach. And um, it's fun. It's like teaching a puzzle. You are the first ever female cantor, which is a great honor. Could you tell us a little bit about why you decided to become a cantor? When I was a little girl, I loved going to temple, and I loved the rabbi and the cantor of my childhood congregation. I was happy when I was in temple, and I joined the children's choir as soon as I was old enough. By the time I was eight years old, I really wanted to be a cantor when I grew up. I wanted to do the things that the cantor of my childhood congregation did, and be with the children the way he was, and shake hands the way he did. and hold the Torah scroll the way he did and read from the Torah the way he did. I wanted to do all of those things. And I wanted to, in particular, um, nod yes when the rabbi was talking about um, civil rights. It made me feel important. And when I read along with the congregation responsively, um, it felt important and serious and good to me. And did you think and I know people ask me this question also, did you think when, when uh, you were growing up and decided you wanted to become a cantor that there were no female cantors? It didn't cross my mind at all until I called Hebrew Union College and asked for an application. When I did that, I was told by the registrar that no girl had ever asked for an application before. And I was like, what? because it seemed so logical to me. But in fact, I hadn't been aware that there weren't women um, who were ordained as uh, cantors. So again, that was Barbara Osfield with her book, Catbird, the Battle of Barbie Prim, the first woman cantor who was being interviewed on the YouTube channel, Spiritually Speaking. So you can check that out. I'll have the links provided to you in the podcast description. 
I'd also like to make a note that in the last podcast, I forgot to share a link for the Israeli Music Museum. That has now been corrected, and you can view that uh, at your leisure. It has been significantly updated since I last saw it, and uh, I hoped one day uh, visit the Holy Land and see it for myself and its rich cultural uh, presentation. I'd like to thank everyone who listens to us on Hebrew Nation Radio on KPJC 1220 AM in Salem, Oregon. Hebrew Nation Radio delivers quality biblical content. It is a radio station and bookstore. We thank you for your prized prayers and your donations. We also air on KINV-DB on Intervision FM. You can find out more on intervisionfm.com or on their YouTube channel where you can see interviews of yours truly. Thank you for all of our podcast listeners as well. Until next time, have a blessed Shabbat Shalom.